Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Snowboarding, presented by Mountain Vibes and sponsored by Pearl Wax and ESC Gloves, featuring your hosts, myself, Nate Haust, Emily Sorger, and Jarrett Shinoda. Mountain Vibes makes quality apparel that they sell in order to raise money for their nonprofit events for abused kids. And Pearl Wax, who's based in Colorado, is a sponsor of those events as well and has made eco-friendly ski and snowboard waxes for two decades. You can use code VIBES with a Z for 15% off when shopping on their website at pearlwax.com. And of course, ESC Gloves, that is a writer-owned crew who focuses on making gloves with high-quality materials, fit, and finish. You can use code MV15 at checkout for a discount on gloves that are already a great deal at escgloves.com. Today, we'll be speaking with an incredible rider who is a Colorado local, a member of the U.S. snowboard team with Olympic aspirations, and who most recently took second overall at RevTour. I'm pleased to introduce Lucas Foster. Welcome to the show, Lucas. Thanks, guys. Stoked to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Excited to be chatting with you. So, Lucas, how are you doing? Doing good, man. I'm just chilling right now, getting ready to go to Aspen tomorrow for our last contest of the season and kind of just been cruising around this week, coming off of a couple weeks of contests. So, I'm doing good, man. I'm excited to keep shredding and enjoying some downtime there we go love to hear it how about you guys good day pretty good not bad so far (laughs) nice good to hear i'm digging the goggle tan sweet thanks yeah came in pretty strong the other day at aspen it's like 55 degrees just letting it all letting it all all (laughs) love it what's going on at aspen right now uh, right now is the Fist World Championships. And okay, then next okay. week is the the Fist World Cup. So rad. Just a bunch of contests back to back. Yep, it's a grind. Yeah, totally. So you know you currently reside in Colorado. Where exactly were you born and raised? Yeah, so I'm from Telluride, Colorado, which is a little town in southwest Colorado. And uh, I was born and raised there, and I guess I still call that home today. I kind of live up in Silverthorne now in the wintertime, but uh, yeah, Telluride's always going to be home, and yeah, growing up there was pretty cool, and it's definitely a unique town, so. What mountains do you ride out there? Do you have any, like, favorite ones, any go-to mountains? I'm sure you ride a yeah, couple, but. <laughs> for sure, yeah, I mean, Telluride is, uh, the ski area is right there. The base of the ski area is the town, so growing up, that was my home mountain, and, uh, but I'd say my home mountain now is Copper Mountain. I ride here most of the time. I still ride Telluride when I'm at home. But uh, yeah, the last couple of years, Copper's been getting the most days for me. And uh, I like Copper. And then, you know, it's kind of, it kind of goes in seasons. So like in the fall, I'm in Switzerland riding Sausfay. Wintertime, I'm at Copper and traveling. And then in springtime, I'm out in Mammoth and then going to Mount Hood. And, you know, really just riding wherever though, like, Growing up in Telluride, I just would snowboard anything in front of me, so I'm not that picky of, like, what mountains to go to. I'm down to just ride anything, so. Anywhere you can make a turn. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Awesome, dude. Yeah, you're a pretty incredible rider from, you know, what I've seen so far, and, you know, I hear you're pretty young as well. Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, 
young enough. I'm 21, so I'm getting up there kind of, but uh, I still feel young. You know, I'm living a really special life and I'm, I'm blessed to keep snowboarding every day. And, you know, my body's still holding up. So young enough to keep doing what I'm doing. There we go, man. Kudos. So how did you just start with like snowboarding? So I started skiing first when I was super young, like 18 months old, probably. So my dad and my mom, they both, uh, they're not from Telluride, but they were living in Telluride in the nineties. So my dad has been snowboarding forever. I mean, like 25, probably coming up on 30 years now. So I started skiing. And then when I was eight, I made the switch because I pretty much like growing up, my dad was my idol. I mean, he still is one of my idols. So, I mean, I had no idea really about any pro snowboarders or the X games or the Olympics. I had no idea what those things were at all. All I knew is that my dad was awesome and, you know, he was the goat in my eyes. So I had to do what he was doing. So I got on the snowboard when I was eight and then, you know, like the first three, four years of me snowboarding was just free riding with my mom and dad. Definitely, definitely can't beat that. I was curious, you know, how, like, how do you, uh, how do you juggle snowboarding with schooling growing up, you know, considering you'd, you'd started at such a young age? Yeah, I mean, for me, I never really had to juggle it up until I was like 16, 17. That's when I started to travel more. But like, I went to public school for pretty much my whole school career up until my junior, senior year. So in Telluride, I, just, I was a full on weekend warrior till I was 16, which is a good thing for me because I wasn't spoiled with snowboarding. I cherished every single day I could get. So, I mean, I missed school a little bit to like go to some USASA events here and there, but it was never like a struggle. And then when I was 16, I started doing online school and that made everything way easier. You know, it was pretty funny because when I started doing online school, that was so foreign to like parents and Telluride. They thought I dropped out of school and like, you know, they would talk smack about me to like my friends saying that I was a dropout and like, make weird comments to my parents but it all worked out in the end you know i got my diploma hanging up on the wall so you know yeah. I'm not really you did, you did the thing i did the thing yeah a lot, <laughs> a lot of people don't know that but i did the thing and i you know made it all work so but it's tough for sure i mean i hated school i i did good enough but like i never i probably could have done a lot better but i did enough to just get it over with and graduate no <laughs> doubt yeah, I love that you said, you know, being a weekend warrior really kept the stoke, stoke alive, which, you know, certainly resonates with me. Makes every chance, you know, mean that much more when you can't actually get it. Yeah, exactly, man. I think it's a good thing. No doubt. So, you know, starting at a young age, when, you know, what age roughly do you think you realized that snowboarding was really something that you're passionate about and wanted to create this career out of it? I don't know. I'd say like I found the passion for it pretty young because like when I was getting into snowboarding when I was like eight years old, that's when I was like, you know, I was in elementary school and I was pretty insecure to a degree. I was always the smallest kid in my grade. I'm still super small. Back then I was way more insecure about it. And like, I sucked at team sports growing up. I sucked at all, all sports, anything you could think of. I mean, I wouldn't say I sucked at everyone, but like most of them I was pretty bad at and I never liked following rules. And like, I always felt out of place when I was pretty young and like, you know, there was a void that needed to be filled. So when snowboarding came along, I realized I was like, okay, this is something where like, 
I'm one of the only snowboarders in my friend group. I can be creative with it. I can kind of like do my own thing and there's no judgment. And like, there's no one in the corner talking crap on you. Cause I was a sensitive kid too. Like if someone would say something to me that I didn't like whew, game over when I was really <laughs> young. So I, I saw snowboarding and I started doing it and like getting better at it. And then when I was a little older, maybe like 11, 12, uh, like was really stoked on like the person I was kind of becoming from it. Cause I started to kind of like carry myself better. Cause I was like, yeah, man, like I got to get up in the morning and go shred tomorrow. And like, you know, go have fun with my friends and film with our GoPros and like learn new tricks. So like gave me this purpose that like maybe I didn't have when I was young. So that passion came pretty young. But like, I, I wouldn't say I wanted to pursue it as a career really until like maybe when I was like 15 or 16, I started to realize there's like a little bit of a pathway for me to take. It was a long shot. I always thought like it'd be cool to be a pro snowboarder, but I never thought that I really could up until I was a little older. Love that. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, journey. It definitely is, man. And, you know, kind of going forward now that you've snowboarded for a while, you, you know, you've kind of found your ground. Uh, how would you, you know, describe your style when riding? I don't know. I'd say from my perspective, that's a good question for, you know, the people watching me. But like, I definitely like Brandon Beeble and like P-Rod. So I kind of like the gangster style too, like wearing baggy clothes and landing with total steez. The old thuggish ruggish. Yeah, man. I love <laughs> that stuff. I mean, I'm, I was born in 1999, so I got the tail end of like the gangster phase of snowboarding and I loved it. So I don't know, maybe a mix of those two things is what I, what I like and what I kind of am influenced by. Totally, man. I'm, I'm stoked to hear that that's kind of where you pull your inspiration from. And I think ultimately, you know, you being small is has definitely helped you in the long run. Cause I've, you know, I'm a bigger dude. I've got size 12 boots and it is like an <laughs> absolute nightmare. It's yeah. like, it's not pleasant. So I'm a little jealous on, on that. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's nice for some things. Definitely. I mean, some people may not like my style, personally i'm cool with it and i think like style can be so many different things beyond like how you land a trick you know the clothes you wear the you know the way you carry yourself even off your snowboard contributes to your style so like there's so many different ways you can approach it which is nice oh yeah i totally agree and you know on our last podcast too we spoke with jake pates and he obviously always speaks very highly of you and how long have you known each other and how did you guys even meet yeah, Jake is the man. I love that kid. We, uh, I guess we, we've known each other for a while. Like, we grew up competing in USASA nationals together and stuff. And I've always, like, like, we've always known each other from that. But, like, we didn't really know each other, like, personally or anything. But uh, I guess when I started kind of competing in bigger events and uh, when I got on the US team especially, that's when I kind of started to travel with those guys and kind of be around Jake more. You know, like, when I was coming onto the US team, but, like, dudes on top of the team were like Jake Pates and Chase Josie and Taylor Gold. And uh, so when I started traveling with them a little more, I got tighter with Jake. And then it was actually like two summers ago out in Park City, Utah. They, uh, they have like the center of excellence there for the U.S. team to go train at. And I'd go out there in the summer and the team has like a house for us to stay at when we want to go train in the summertime. And for like a good month, it was just me and Jake at the house like we were we were homies then but like that month where we were out in park city together 
you know, we were just skating all the time together, hanging out, working out, doing whatever. And like, that's when I got to know him a little better. And then like over the last season or so, just like competing contests with him. Uh, he's the man. I mean, he's such a nice kid and he's so genuine to everybody, which is really nice to see because we need a lot of that in snowboarding. We need it to be welcoming. And I mean, I remember earlier this season, I hit my head and got a concussion and Jake heard about it and he was always checking in on me for like a good two weeks, making sure like I was doing good, making sure that I was like taking the right precautions. So yeah, he's definitely kind of like a big brother, you know, he's got the big brother vibes. So he's the man. That's awesome. And you know, I'm sure you know this too, but he says the exact same thing about you. Um, he always speaks highly about you. He thinks you're also a very genuine person. Um, so I think it's cool that you guys are able to share snowboarding together and you kind of, you know, grew up doing it, I guess you could say, since you're, you're both still young. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That's cool to hear. I'm humbled to hear that he says the same thing. And I know that you guys, uh, you know, you might not share the same sponsors, but you both are sponsored by Energy Drinks. You know, he has Rockstar, you have Monster. Yeah. I am curious about your energy drink sponsor. You know, those kind of seem to be the pinnacle of sponsorships nowadays. How did that opportunity present itself for you? Yeah. So I started out on the Monster Army program. I guess I kind of still am, but uh, that was like when I was pretty young, like 15, 16. And that was kind of like, you know, you could like sign up for it. And uh, it's a cool program. Like I actually made some money when I was pretty young for like podiums at USASA events. And then uh, as I got a little older, though, I met the, the guy that ran the program, Chris Stumbles, and, uh, you know, I started competing in bigger events. And then when I was, when I got on the U.S. team, that's when I kind of, like, got the full-on, like, energy drink deal put in front of me. And uh, so, yeah, I was, like, I started out on that Army program and then got a little more of, like, a legit contract. And... Uh, it's been super cool. I mean, their program is great. And like, it's helped me so much without that. I mean, my family growing up, we never had much money at all to, you know, even travel to like USASA events in my area. It was a stretch. So when monster came along and like stepped up, they really changed the game for me. And it's, it's cool. They care a lot about their riders and have given us cool opportunities. And, you know, you can hang on the energy drink presence in the snowboard industry all you want, but like, they're not taking any money away from snowboard companies, which is cool. They're just kind of bringing money in and we do our best to rep them and stuff and, you know, make it a worthy return on their investment. So yeah, super thankful for those guys. Shout out to monster big time. No, of course. And I think kind of them getting into this market and, you know, giving kids the opportunity is, is really incredible. So definitely. definitely. So just kind of out of curiosity, what's your board set up right now? Right now, I'm, uh, I guess I've mainly read the Solomon Huckknife Pro. That's like my go-to for the pipe. That yeah. board slays riding park too. But uh, I've been kind of experimenting lately with some other boards. So like I've been riding the Huckknife a little bit. I've been riding the Huckknife in the park forever. But uh, I've also been getting back on the Villain a bit. That board, I rode that one when I was younger. And then I uh, took a little break from it. That thing rips in the park. And then the Ultimate Ride... I was riding the ultimate ride today. That's Bodie Merrill's pro model. That thing absolutely destroys it too. That thing's amazing in the half pipe, riding park, free riding. So, uh, but yeah, I like the Huck Knife series is kind of my go-to. Those boards are unreal. I mean, you could ride them in literally anything. I'm not just blowing smoke saying that. Like they're amazing go-to boards. So 
Yeah, the hook knife. And then the bindings I'm on. I've been riding the hologram for years, but this year I tried out the Highlander, which is uh, a little stiffer than the hologram. It's still sure. a shadow fit technology, so the heel cup's pretty flexy, and uh, but it's it's still a stiff binding, so it's nice for you know going through chunder and stuff. And then I've been riding the Solomon Lo-Fi boot for a couple of years, and that boot's amazing. Lace up, ankle boa, pretty stiff. Those things crush it too. That's what's up, dude. Sounds like you've got your setup dialed. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm stoked on their boards. For sure. And so, you know, you've been crushing the half pipe scene for a while and just placed second overall in Rev. Uh, you know, congratulations. Yeah. That's, that's huge. Thanks. Yeah. I, I actually, I got second in the last stop, but I, I won overall like the, the title. So oh, yeah. Second the title. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, wow. Same, and then, and then I got the titles. Oh, but, dude, uh, my, my bad. Nah, man, no worries. It, it's easy to mix up, but, uh, but yeah, I'm stoked on that. That was a we had two rev tours this year, and they were both pretty heavy. Like they're considered like, you know, a stepping stone event. But like, you know, Ayumu Hirano competed in the one in Aspen that we just did, and Ayumu's two-time Olympic silver medalist, two-time X Games gold. So like these, you know, quote pro am events are pretty much pro events now. So I was super stoked to. I got fourth in Aspen, second in Copper. Copper was actually a little heavier than Aspen, kind of. Um, so I was stoked. It was a good day. Good couple Dude. days. No, that's awesome. See, I'm stoked to hear that. And, yeah, definitely this pro-am is certainly a fine line. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, another question about Rev is, you know, how is this structured? My understanding is it's kind of a point system that's tallied up at the end of the season. Is that, is that correct or am I completely off? Yeah, like for the Reptor specifically or for like, you know, the stepping stone to like the big events? I guess, I guess Rev specifically, but, but, you know, more so how are they all structured? Yeah, so like there's the USASA and uh, obviously like USASA series and then you go to nationals, do all the nationals. And in the Rev Tour, it really depends on what riders show up at the event. Like you could get top 10 at a heavy Rev Tour and get enough points to qualify for, you know, a Grand Prix or a World Cup or okay. junior, junior Worlds. Junior Worlds is for 18 and under only though. But uh, yeah, you know, like you kind of accumulate points over time and then you know, if you have a lot of good results at the end of the season on the Rev Tour, then you, you know, you can get invites to the Grand Prix and the World Cups. And that's like, those are the top events these days. And then, uh, you know, there's the, these Rev Tours also contribute to our points list for the World Snowboard Tour. So like, that's like the main tour. That's like all the events tallied together for your world ranking and stuff. That's how they pick, you know, the invites to the U.S. Open and uh you know where they pick the u.s snowboard team so the rev tours get you a lot of points like the one that i got second at got it shot me up the points list big time so those events are nice to have and uh but that's kind of the pipeline you know the grand prix and world cups and then after that it's the olympics yeah yeah that uh the way they structure the points and the stepping stones is insane to me it oh, is, no. and it's there's there's some issues with it. It's the contest scene definitely has a lot of a lot of work they gotta 
they got to do to like make it a little better. But I mean, it is what it is. You kind of got to play the game a little bit to eventually change the game. So that's true. Truth be told. Um, so, you know, half-pipe, of course, are, is this kind of your major discipline or do you, do you compete in slope as well? As of now, it is kind of like my main focus, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like at least right now it is because the Olympics are next year and I really want to try to make that team. But yep. yeah, I mean, I competed up until I was 18. I mainly competed in slope. I barely competed in pipe. I would do pipe for fun. If I'd get like an invite to nationals or to rev tour, I'd, I'd do it. Cause like when I was really young, like 10, 11 years old, we would go compete in USA events. Pipe would always be on Saturday, slope would be on Sunday and we'd be there for pipe anyway. So we would just do it for fun. So pipe was always just like, yeah, I'll do pipe, whatever. But slope was my main thing for years. And up until like last year, two seasons ago, I was kind of like, all right, it's a little bit gnarly to do both. Cause like the level that slope style is at right now is just unreal. I mean, if you watch X Games Big Air this year, it's like discouraging to even pick up your snowboard and try to hit a jump because these guys are doing 1800. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I still, I love riding slope. I rode jumps today, hit some rails today. I'll always come back to just ride slope style, but I kind of, I also kind of quit competing in slope because I realized when I tried doing both seriously, I was like, constantly in contest mode it wouldn't matter what i was riding it'd be like i'd go on a pipe trip and ride pipe for a week and come back home to tell your ride and like be like oh i need to hit jumps i need to do some doubles i need to do some tens and like i didn't have any discipline snowboarding where i was like this has nothing to do with competing i can just go cruise this so i was like i'm gonna leave slope style just like no pressure at all i can do whatever i want and uh because i'm a competitive person i don't want to do slope style and just like you know half acid i want to if I'm going to do everything, I'm trying to do everything to the fullest. So kind of nice, like keeping pipe to the contest scene and then having slope, just be like, you know, just go ride and do what you want. Of course. Yeah. I, I can only imagine how tough that would be to manage both different, uh, you know, aspects, half pipe and slope. So I think you're dialed. You got yourself on the right track. Thanks, man. So what are some other contests that you've done? I guess kind of everything but the olympics at this point so like last year competed in x games done do tour us open a few times the grand prix series the world cups like locks open and um i did like the quicksilver young guns video contest a couple years ago and won that which kind of like helped me kind of get put on the map in snowboarding when i was younger which was cool and then uh but yeah, like as far as half pipe goes, kind of like, yeah, everyone but the Olympics. So, uh, which is cool to say. I mean, I never thought I'd actually like make it to all those events. So it's definitely a blessing that I made it. Yeah, no, it's, that's an amazing accomplishment to be able to say. So the fact that you Thanks, can, that's, that's, that's awesome. Appreciate it. And let's get you to cross off that, the Olympics. Yeah. yeah I'd be, I'd be stoked. The Olympics, the Olympics definitely aren't like, the the pinnacle like there's so much more beyond the olympics and snowboarding and so many people forget that especially when you're on the outside looking in so many people these days are like you know thinking snowboarding is like for the olympics but i just want to experience it i've been competing for so long that like it's only natural to give it my best shot and a lot of opportunities beyond snowboarding will come through the olympics so i'm stoked and i'm stoked to you know see what comes next after the Olympics. So no, 
That's awesome. That's amazing, man. And so we're all rooting for you definitely to get there, no doubt. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. So, like, how did it go about, like, getting on to, like, the U.S. team, though? Is it, like, based off of, like, how your overall point systems from, like, the overall rev system goes? Yeah. Yeah, so it's changed a little bit in the last few years. But um, right now, the way it works, there's, like, a couple different ways you can get on. So, like, there's the objective criteria – and that's kind of like uh, based off of like your ranking in the world and your age. So it's kind of weird how it works. So like the younger you are, kind of the less of a ranking you need because they're like, oh, if this rider is, you know, this age and they're kind of in this ranking, that shows that there's potential in this rider from their perspective, which I understand. Um, so there's that. And then there's also like, you know, achieving – two podiums in the season at a pro level, pro level events that gets you an automatic spot on the team. And then there's also uh, like the top three U S guys in the world's points list that gets you on the team. But then there's also coaches discretion. So say you don't meet the criteria, but you know, the, the coaches are like, this guy rips, this guy has potential. We need him on the team. Then there's that route. That's how I got on when I was 18. I was nowhere close to making the criteria. Like I, my results back then, like I barely competed in pipe leading into that season. It was the Olympic year. That was like the first year I got like an invite to a pro contest. And, you know, I had some, I had some okay results on the rev tour, but uh, they, they pretty much, I was their wild card pick. Uh, so shout out to Ricky Bauer and Rick Shimpno, the two coaches for the team that put me on. They, they took a big risk with me but it's working out now. You know, I think they knew like the foundation that I was coming from physically and mentally because they knew like my coach growing up and stuff. And I think, you know, they knew that, you know, my drive combined with the resources that they can give me, I can maybe take it somewhere. So those guys put me on using their discretion. And then, uh, but yeah, you know, like there's, there's a couple ways you can get on and stuff, but, but yeah, like they definitely try to follow their criteria the most. No. And, you know, that's awesome, you know, that they put, they went out on a limb for you because look at what you're producing now. So hopefully, you know, uh, we can keep it rolling. For sure. And so for all the, like, the younger listeners that are out there, what would you say, like, the best path for them to go about having that dream or aspiration to do that competition level or to even be in the Olympics? How would you say the best way for them to do that is? You know, I'd say the first thing you got to ask yourself if you really want to go down that route is you got to kind of ask yourself, why do you want to go to the Olympics in the first place? I know so many people out there that like are trying to go to the Olympics. And if you ask them, like, why do you compete? Why do you want to go to the Olympics? Their answers are kind of vague. I'm not going to judge like, you know, oh, this is a good reason to go to the Olympics. or this isn't a good reason. But like, there's a lot of kids out there that, you know, dive into the contest scene without any real purpose or reason they just like oh i saw you know this guy competing and he's popular and super cool and everyone loves him so i'm gonna do what he's doing and that's just like not genuine at all and that's not like in my opinion that's not really like contributing anything to snowboarding it's kind of just like you just being a follower so you got to really like figure out like what is the reason behind competing for you and uh you know, then there's definitely plenty of reasons to compete. I mean, this life that we live is amazing and I'm super blessed to live it. And like, uh, but if you want to take that path, the best way to 
you know, get started is to snowboard as much as you can and explore all the different paths, you know, because there's so much more beyond competing. There's filming video parts. There's, you know, yeah, filming video parts and, you know, shooting photos and doing all this stuff is like just as cool as competing. So really explore all these different aspects of snowboarding and don't be afraid to like, you know, I think starting out riding slope style and half pipe for me was so good because it made me a better rider overall. You know, if you only ride half pipe, you're kind of just like burning a candle on both ends because, you know, you're being closed minded to like what else is out there. Like my free riding growing up with my mom and dad helped my half pipe a ton. Slope style has helped my free riding. Yeah, have that extra creativity and everything yeah. to it yeah exactly but you know it's tough these days to get into the half pipe scene for sure because it's so hard to find a half pipe you gotta have a lot of money to do this stuff too like it's expensive it's not easy to get into anymore which sucks and i hope i can change that someday because i want more people to get to do what i'm doing but uh but yeah just snowboard as much as you can and just you know be yourself and the right things happen if you're being yourself yeah, and when everything's not forced, it's just natural, you know. It makes that much more, I feel like, has more meaning for yourself as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's how I got into pipe. I never was like, I'm going to be a pipe rider. I'm like, I'm going to just snowboard and take every opportunity I get, and I don't care where it takes me. I mean, I care where it takes me. I don't want to, like, go down a dark path, but I was like, I'm down to ride slope style. I'm down to ride pipe. I'm down, like, when I was, like, 16, 17 years old, I was, like, you know, going on little, like, tours with, uh, Shred Mamba, John McDonald, and Buzz Holbrook, and like filming and like resorts in Arizona, like that was just as fun as doing what I'm doing now. So I was down to do whatever. So yeah, going with the flow is the best thing because you know that just life just reveals itself to you as you go on. Uh, that's amazing, you know, and that's like I feel like you just have that much more appreciation when you know just going with it, not having to. Like your writing is just not forced. It's just like you're just going with the grade of it and everything, you know? Yeah, man, totally. Growing up, did you ever go to like a lot of, uh, you know, those snowboarding camps over the summer? Like, you know, you have High Cascade over in uh, Mount Hood. Did you ever do any of that kind of stuff growing up too? Or was it just kind of like riding in Colorado and wherever else you could? No, I never did. Actually, the first time I ever went to Mount Hood was when I was 18 with the Solomon team for Solomon Week. I wish I did, but, you know, like growing up, we always, I always tried to, I would try my best to go, but my, like my family never had enough money to, to do any of that. So actually one summer I did win a free week at Woodward Copper. This is kind of before Woodward Copper is what it is now because now it's unreal in the summer, but that was cool. That was, that was one week though. And I'd say like that experience is definitely different than going to Mount Hood, but, uh, no, it was, it was cool, though, because I was skateboarding all summer, and I loved skateboarding just as much as snowboarding. I still do, but it was better than nothing, that's for sure. But that was kind of it, nothing beyond that. For sure. Well, I guess, I mean, that's all you need. And I know, um, you know, at Mountain Vibes, of course, we do those charity events for the kids who, you know, obviously can't afford it, and they wouldn't be able to uh, snowboard otherwise, uh, you know what I mean? Cause it is expensive and I'm sure that, you know, some of them do listen to this podcast and it'll be inspiring for them to hear that, you know, you don't have to spend, you know, thousands of dollars going to summer camps and stuff like that to get to where you are, which I think is super cool. And, um, you know, hopefully next season when we're able to host more of our charity events, you'll be able to 
come hang out with us and take out a kid and teach them how to snowboard and all that good stuff. Yeah, I think it's super great what you guys are doing. I mean, it's getting ridiculous how expensive this sport is. And I don't know, it's, it's sad to see for me. So it's good. It's amazing to see people like you guys making it easier to get, you know, more kids into snowboarding and getting kids from different backgrounds, you know, like it's so nice to see some kids that aren't like rich kids with silver spoons in their mouths from Breckenridge snowboarding. It's nice to see some like, you know, kids from different areas of life coming in because that's what makes snowboarding cool is I don't want to see like this cookie cutter approach of like every kid's the same acting like a robot. I want to have kids from like, you know, you know, yeah, like I said, different areas of life because that's just what makes it makes the culture cool. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's, that's what we're all about. So hopefully next time we have those events, you can come hang out with us and meet some of those kids who really want to snowboard, who can't afford to. So I think it's important for them to at least get the opportunity to try it out. Totally. Where would you like to see snowboarding be in the next five years? Or like, is there anything you'd like to change or like stay the same? I think there's a lot that's super dope in snowboarding right now. Like I, I like, you know, in the pro scene, at least like, I like a lot of the videos coming out these days, you know, like the video that the dust box just put out was super cool, super skate like I I'd love to see snowboarding go more in that direction where it's a little less uh, formal and a little more punk rock. I like those dope snowboard videos where it's just a little looser and like, you know, yeah, get in a van and go snowboard in New York city for 60 days. You know, I'm hearing stories about people doing that this year. That's super cool. Um, you know, and like, I'd like to see contest snowboarding change because I think, you know, it's, it's fun right now, but it, I think the model that we have in snowboard contests, it doesn't have a lot of longevity to it. And I'm seeing the competitive scene going more in this direction of like circus clowns where we're just kind of putting on a show, which is cool and fun. Like, you know, riding in the X games is amazing. Like the crowd loves it, but you know, you got to think like, you hear a lot of these people, they're watching the X games. They're like, man, that's crazy. I would never do that because these tricks we're doing are so unreal and so out of this world and dangerous. That's like almost discouraging for a lot of people to go out and try. And then when they, you know, the few people that do see it and want to go try it, when they see the price tag, they're like, Oh my God, forget it. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep playing soccer. So it'd be cool to see some contests kind of change a little bit and get a little more like a little less expensive. Cause these mountains, it's so, it's so hard to host these big, contest because they got to build a half pipe and slope style course it's a huge price tag so we're you know we're getting snowboard contests at the same mountains every year it's like locks copper mammoth and like maybe yeah aspen i guess be cool to get snowboard contests a little more diverse you know a little cheaper for mountains to host different courses a little more creativity so then we have snowboard contests all over the world again you know like oh we're gonna go to utah and then we're going to you know vermont then we're going to more like little tours yeah, like we're yeah. going back to we're going to Ukraine after that. Like contests like that, I think are cool. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, it's all about getting snowboarding, you know, a little more accessible so that people can go do it. Kind of like you know, like the snow domes we got in New York City right now. The I forget what it's called, like big snow something. Big, big snow. That's super cool. Like I I don't know how expensive it is to go ride there, but like stuff like that is great because you know you get city kids going snowboarding. Maybe it's definitely cheaper than Vail, that's for sure. (laughs) More stuff like like that in five years would be super cool. And then I'd like to just see the industry come together a little more. It's very divided right now. Like, you know, a lot of these 
rail kids don't really mess with those contest kids much. Even within the contest scene, there's some slope style dudes that don't mess with half pipe dudes and vice versa. And that sucks because we're all trying to achieve the same thing at the end of the day. We just want to have fun snowboarding and, you know, be the best riders we can be. So it'd be cool to just see, you know, snowboarding come together. But it is cool. Like there's a lot of people still come together. Like I got good homies in every area of snowboarding, you know, like shout out to like Denver or Bodie, Scott Stevens, Chris Grenier, those guys have always been super cool to us contest dudes, which is cool because, you know, they got respect and they're not going to just like cool guy you. So more of that will be cool to see in five years. Oh, I agree with that, you know, just being more appreciative of everybody's like culture, I guess you could say in their own style, you know, and yeah, yeah nobody likes a clicky attitude, like just doesn't yeah. flow well. <laughs> my biggest pet peeve cool guys <laughs> cool guys need to reconsider what they're doing it's gonna come it's gonna come and get them someday though yeah you know, like just a matter of time yeah you might be on top thinking you're you know the hottest dude on the block but if you're being a douchebag it's gonna come back to you in some way that's for sure so what would you say your overall goals though are for overall snowboarding would be I really just want to like be a person in snowboarding that kids can see and like you know have some sort of like hope you could say my goal is to be have enough influence to kind of you know make these changes that I'm talking to you guys about I I love competing right now it's not what I want to do forever though like I want to have my success in competing more quality over quantity I don't need to go to like 13,000 Olympics and win 100 million x games goals I'd love to have those experiences a few times move on to some new stuff and keep you know you know, reinventing myself as a snowboarder. I'd, I'd love to get to a point where I'm able to compete at a high level and also, you know, you know, just snowboard everything. Cause right now it's like, I'm having to pick and choose what I'm doing. Like, all right, January through March, I'm going to be focusing on pipe and competing. And then like in the springtime, all right, now I can go to the launch. I can go to super park and go to Holy Bully, but I'd love to just get to the point where I'm able to just like do everything kind of like how skateboarders do it there's a lot of skaters out there that skate contests and film and skate at the barracks every day even if they're transition skaters they're still down to go to stoner plaza or go skate westchester in la like or go skate the la courthouse that's super cool in my opinion but the biggest you know big picture goal is to be a welcoming human in snowboarding where like any kid could come up to me and high five me and we can take a lap together and they're like damn i want to you know, I want to be around that kid more. I want to be on the mountain with people like Lucas, you know, because I was once that little kid that, you know, was pulling up to Copper, you know, not knowing anybody there and finding that one person that was like super nice and welcoming and said what's up to me. And then we go snowboard together and I meet their friends and like, that's just how the journey gets started. So I'd love to just be one of those dudes, you know, I don't want to take too much from the industry. Obviously I want to you know, keep doing this for a living and stuff. But like at the end of the day, I just want to make snowboarding doper for oh, the kids that come after me. That's amazing, man. And that, that's, you know, that's like the best goal, I guess you could say you could have, you know what I mean? Just spread that stoke and share that love and give it to somebody else. Like, you know what I mean? Like you were that, you were just that, like, that other individual that was on the outside looking in and to be able to share that with somebody else is amazing, you know? Yeah, totally, man. Yeah, I agree. We definitely need more of that within the industry. And, you know, of course, showing up to the mountain, everyone's there for the same purpose. So might as well love one another. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. I respect it. And I think it's really cool. We get asked this quite a bit from our listeners. And they want to know if, you know, being part of the snowboarding team or being, uh, you know, a, a, a well-rounded athlete, do you have to follow any specific kind of workout plans or any kind of like diet plans while you're training, um, either, you know, on season or off season or anything like that? No, you know, they encourage it, but they don't force it. They, they provide a lot of cool opportunities and resources for that. I've been doing workout stuff and diet stuff for a long time though and it's not really for snowboarding my snowboarding benefits from it but like that's kind of like the other side of me is like I'm a snowboarder and I'm a skater and I'm you know I'm not too picky with anything like I'm down to snowboard anything but when it comes to health and wellness I am a total health freak but I love it because my body (laughs) feels great and my mind feels great because my body feels great I'm excited to wake up in the morning and do what I do because I prioritize my health, but yeah, like I, uh, I have a trainer named Jason Cannon who, you know, worked with some of the best fitness pioneers of all time, like Paul check, for example, who has trained some of the greatest athletes ever. But, uh, you know, I definitely, I work out a lot in the summer. So I work out in the gym. I do a lot of flexibility stuff, stretching, you know, yin yoga, shout out to Shane Carrick, uh, I do some meditating. I do some martial arts, some Wing Chun Kung Fu, some Tai Chi, Qi Gong. Uh, I'm crazy about food. All my friends call me Whole Foods and <laughs> Granola Boy, even though I don't eat granola. But I mean, I, I'll take those nicknames because at the end of the day, man, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm waking up and going to bed healthy. So I'm down to be Whole Foods Boy. But uh, yeah, that stuff has helped my snowboarding a ton, but it's just helped my life. You know, I'm going to do that till the day I die whether I'm snowboarding or, you know, scootering, it doesn't matter. I'm down to, I'm down to take care of my body. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. No, for sure. I mean, you know, they, the saying goes, if you eat good, you'll feel good. And obviously you need your body, you know, working properly in order to do what you're doing in the half pipe. And when you're just playing around um, in the park as well. So I definitely think it's important and kudos to you. Those those are bad nicknames to have, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that doesn't mean that like, I'm not going to splurge out sometimes and stuff. Like I, I definitely have a lot to learn, but uh, you know, I, I have enough knowledge to like, you know, go splurge a little bit and like have some crappy food and like know how to recover from it luckily, but like that doesn't happen often. But uh, yeah, I try to, take it seriously for sure um and we also heard somewhere that you actually you know not only do you make sure you're you're eating good and everything but you actually really enjoy cooking too and actually like preparing food so what do you what do you like to make yeah I once I mean I enjoy cooking I'm a loose cooker though like I'm not cooking anything crazy fancy but like I'm I'm always cooking on the road like I was just in Aspen two weeks ago staying at a hotel with my homie and uh I brought like a plug-in skillet because I wanted to cook because I didn't want to like, I mean, Aspen food is expensive. So like eating out there sucks anyway. But, uh, you know, I'd say like what I really enjoy, like I cook pretty simple stuff, but uh, I like learning about like different combinations of food and like how to like optimize the, what we get out of food. So like, you know, lately I've been like learning just about like different ways I can like combine like proteins and carbs and fats and like learning about fasting and stuff my diet I'm not really on a diet like I care more about the quality rather than what I'm eating the quality is really what matters at the end of the day but you know like I love you know 
new ways of like seasoning steaks or like fish or whatever, like new curries, all that type of stuff. Like I'm always down to like explore different ways of like preparing food and stuff, but I'm not like in the kitchen all day cooking up like a grandma or anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But during your training and just writing in general, I'm sure you've had some pretty fun experiences. So do you have any favorite memory that stands out? A couple, like, you know, competing. Definitely there's been a couple, like, competing in X Games last year was cool. Competing in the U.S. Open two years ago for my first time, that was unreal. But I'd say, like, the one that stands out the most was when I was 17. I was at the launch at Big Bear, or I guess it was Snow Summit, which is pretty much Big Bear. But uh, I remember I had just won the Quicksilver Young Guns video contest, and uh, that kind of put me on the map a little bit. And I was, this was like the next week after winning that I pulled up to the launch and like everyone kind of knew who I was there because that event was being promoted a bunch by Snowboarder Mag. And I remember being at this evening photo shoot, it was like 70 degrees out. We're sessioning this perfect jump um, and we're doing this photo shoot. And I remember like dropping in, getting ready to hit the jump and Pat Bridges, who's like, you know, the dopest dude in snowboarding like you get respect from pat you're stoked because he's pretty he's pretty gnarly if you know him in person like he's a little <laughs> intimidating but i remember pat at the top you know he walkie talkies down to the photographers he's like yo guys everyone get your cameras on this kid like lucas foger's dropping because like they wanted to push this young gun stuff these, this young guns content but it felt so good because that was when I was still like pretty unknown at the time. And I was like, damn, I'm getting all this attention from Pat Bridges over here. Like it's easy to go and like make finals at a rev tour, but like to get that type of respect from Pat at the time, 17 year old me thought that was so cool. And I was just looking around looking next to me and I'm like, damn, I'm like snowboarding in California at 70 degrees out. I'm in a hoodie. I'm at the launch. I never thought I'd be here. I'm riding next to Red Gerard, Gabe Ferguson, Brock Crouch at sunset you know, having the time of my life. That's when I like had the first, like, damn, this life is unreal. So that was a really cool moment for me. Like one of those first like aha moments. And I'll always remember that. Dude, that's awesome, man. Getting respect from Pat is uh, certainly easier said than done, but. For sure. That's definitely awesome. And, you know, again, it's not an experience that a lot of people get to have, but it's rad that you were able to feel that feeling. And I'm sure that pumped you up to, you know, keep snowboarding more and more. With that being said, I'm sure there are, you know, quite a few people who have helped you in snowboarding and, uh, you know, inspired you to continue doing what you're doing. So do you have anyone in your family or, you know, in the industry that you look up to, or that, uh, you know, helps inspire you to keep, to keep it going? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, first and foremost, obviously, my mom and dad, they've done a ton for me. And like, if I didn't start, I wouldn't have started snowboarding if it wasn't for my dad. At least I wouldn't have started in the way that I did. So I owe a lot to those guys. And uh, my trainer, Jason Cannon, he really took me under his wing when I was 15. And, you know, he's a trainer, but he's also, he was a pro snowboarder. So he took me to Mount Baker for my first time. Uh, he introduced me to a lot of amazing people in the industry and, you know, we have a good relationship from that, uh, you know, from that longstanding coach athlete relationship that we have. And, uh, you know, he definitely has done so much for me and I look up to him a bunch. And then, uh, but also like my coach now, one of my coaches, JJ Thomas has done a ton for me. JJ 
was kind of that first dude that like from the inside that brought me in. He was the coach for the rookie team the last two years. And, uh, you know, traveling with JJ, meeting the people that, you know, he introduced me to has been super cool. And like JJ coached Sean White and Louis Vito. So like I always looked up to JJ. And then Louis Vito's another one. I've been riding with Louis a bunch this past year. And Louis's like, Louis was my hero growing up. He still is. I mean, he's he was that small dude in the X Games killing it. We're the same height, pretty much exactly. So I always thought Louis was the sickest because I was small. And I was like, look at this small dude killing it. And he's got like that type of like leadership character to him where like he's nice to everybody. He's kind of like Jake, seeing the same kind of quote issues in snowboarding and doing something about it. That is amazing. And, you know, it gives me hope that like there's going to be, you know, hope on the horizon beyond this cool guy phase or whatever. I mean, I don't want to say cool guy phase because there's so many awesome people in snowboarding too, but you know what I mean? You guys are killing it and big inspirations to me too. Well, thank you. I mean, that obviously means a lot to us and we appreciate it. Um, it's always, you know, nice to hear that there are people out there who kind of understand what we're doing and why we're doing it. And, uh, you know, of course, support it and all of that. But that's cool to hear that so many people are inspiring to you. And I'm sure, uh, you know, to all of our listeners out there, I'm sure that you are inspiring to them as well. But what do you enjoy doing like outside of snowboarding? What are some hobbies that you have? We know you like skating and uh, I heard maybe you like coached skating for a while too, but what else do you enjoy doing? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I mean, like the like we were talking about the workout stuff earlier. I love, you know, pushing my body in different ways. So skateboarding is one of them. Uh, I've been skateboarding for longer than I've been snowboarding and I'll always skate. So I love doing that. And yeah, I coach skateboarding. I still do. Um, so shout out to the drop board shop, the skate shop and skate camp that we run back in Telluride. And uh, I've been doing that since I was like 12 years old. And um, that skate camp has been killing it lately too. There's a ton of good kids coming out of that camp and, you know, it's been busy as hell the last couple summers. So I love doing that. I love, you know, that's kind of what sparked my whole like passion for like getting more kids into snowboarding and making it more accessible is seeing like all the kids at skate camp that come in and like, you know, have no idea how to skate and they like get welcomed by us. And then, you know, next thing you know, five years later, it's like, their passion too so yeah skateboarding and like teaching and just like trying to be a dope person and just like make life a little better for some people is something I love doing whether that's you know by me teaching them how to skate or just by you know me being at the skate park with them just like sessioning a box you know giving people company I love you know stuff like that and uh yeah skateboarding and then just living life and learning about how to optimize this time that we have i'm stoked for you and it sounds like you've been doing a whole lot of good lately in the industry and outside of it as well and i want nothing but the best for you going forward and i'm looking forward to seeing how you can continue your vision of changing snowboarding and making it more accessible so thanks guys that means a lot i really appreciate that no doubt and you know lucas you know you're a rad human and have got a really solid head on your shoulders I love hearing all of your insights, especially with health and well-being and kind of the direction that this industry needs to take. So, of course, you know, we're all rooting for you and you've always got support from us at the Mountain Vibes family. Thanks, Nate. I really appreciate it, man.
No doubt. And again, you know, we know your upcoming competition conflict with our nonprofit fundraiser event, which will be at the Spoon Cafe in Keystone, Colorado on March 20th. But if you happen to make it, we'd love to see you there. Yeah, for sure. I already pretty much told Justin that, you know, if there's any way I'm able to be there, I'm there. So I'll keep in touch with you guys. But for all the listeners out there, if you're in the area in Summit County, make sure you guys go to this event because it's going to be a good time. And it's for probably one of the greatest causes you could ever think of. And uh, yeah, I definitely want to want to see this event go off. So super stoked for you guys. And I hope I can make it. Totally, man. I, I appreciate you saying that. And, you know, we're stoked as well. Again, we will be auctioning off some really cool stuff, including some gear from our podcast sponsors, Mountain Vibes, Pearl Wax, uh, ESC Gloves, as well as some gear from our pro riders. So, you know, again, to all the listeners, if you are in the area, we would love to see you. And Lucas, you know, we want to thank you again for coming onto our show. It's always fun for us, as well as our listeners, to hear what you're up to. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. This was super fun and my pleasure to come and talk to you guys. Totally. And if, if you're not following him already, you should check out his page on Instagram at LucasFoster underscore for great riding content and to follow him throughout his contest journey. Uh, on our next podcast, we'll be interviewing another great guest who you definitely won't want to miss. We'll be airing episodes on the first and the third Friday of every month. If anyone would like to reach out, please do so via Instagram at Mountain Vibes or send us an email at info at mountainvibes.com. Again, I want to thank our amazing podcast sponsors, Mountain Vibes, Pearl Wax, and ESC Gloves. With a full range of performance-driven products, Pearl Wax has just about everything you need for on-snow speed. Check them out at prowax.com and use code VIBES or at their Instagram at ProWax. And be sure to also check out ESC Gloves on Instagram at ESC Gloves and use code MV15 on their website at escgloves.com. Thanks again for tuning in. Now be safe, be happy, and go outside.